1: Welcome to the Shit Show. Welcome to the world of the media.
2: Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everyone. We have a special guest. Or I don't know if it's a special guest. (laughs) A
1: third member. (laughs) I've been demoted to special guest. (laughs) Liv is no longer a founder of the platform. Liv is just a special guest. (laughs)
0: I don't know whether to feel special or whether to feel shit about that remark.
1: Bit of both. We all feel a bit special and a bit shit. Like me and Ruby, at the moment, you can probably hear that we're feeling a bit shit.
2: We're feeling a bit shit. We've had a big weekend, all the more reason for this chat.
1: Yes, Liv, you can do the honours of introducing what we're talking about today, eh?
0: Okay, let's do it. Well, today on the shit show, oh my god, I haven't said that for so long.
1: <laughs> I like that
0: laugh.
2: <laughs> anyway. Oh my
0: god. Okay, so today on the shit show, we are going to be talking about anxiety. Um, if you guys don't know what anxiety is, it's a mashup between hungover or like, you know, your hangover and anxiety, put them together and you're in for a fucking great day.
2: Oh god, oh. I've got I've got a bit of an urban dictionary definition here. Um, the feeling of overwhelming guilt, stress and worry you experience the day after binge drinking.
1: And we all we all suffer from it. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: I think us three are very prone. Yeah. We are.
1: When you just wake up in the morning, even though you haven't really done anything bad or embarrassing when you're drinking, but you feel cripplingly like you can't see anyone, you can't check your phone, you don't want to look at your Facebook messages or anything you want that night to have not not happened.
0: Yeah. You basically just like don't want to
1: exist. No. Yeah. And it can last for longer than just that day. Oh.
0: Oh my God, it's I know. The worst. You can
1: replay it every night before you go to sleep <laughs> with that horrible anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought that like surely we're not alone in feeling this way. In fact, we know we're not alone. We know a bunch of people feel pretty anxious after they've been drinking. So yeah, well, I
0: didn't even realize it's like a medical term.
1: Is it? Well, you can like kind
0: of be like diagnosed with anxiety. Oh.
1: Well, we're all self-diagnosed then. (laughs) I know. But yeah, it's definitely a thing. Some people might call it the beer fear or other things like that. But the whole premise of anxiety is a definite thing that we want to talk about.
2: And a bit of a caveat here. This is absolutely not to undermine, you know, the people who suffer with anxiety and the kind of toll that that takes on their day-to-day life. But this is something that we all kind of... Just want to chat about and just kind of ease that stress that you might get Mm. the day after drinking.
1: And it can stem from pre-existing anxiety as well. So we really do want to look at why you might be feeling this day or what we can do about it. So just wanted to put that
2: out there before we got too deep into these chats.
1: Ready? You have the cameras rolling?
2: I don't know about you guys, but I get quite socially anxious um especially when I'm going into groups of people that I'm not super comfortable with um and I find that I often drink to compensate yeah drinking it kind of it takes away that social pressure you just find you can have conversations with people that you might not be able to have when you're totally sober Mm. it's just it's that social lubricant It quote
1: unquote like takes the edge off.
0: Well, it's that whole thing of like thinking about going on a night out sober and you just like cringe at the idea of doing that.
1: Exactly. It's like
2: walking a tightrope. You want to drink enough to be able to just feel comfortable, but then also you end up drinking too much. And that's when you end up doing something stupid. And then the next day you have, you're overcome with this quote-unquote anxiety Mm -hmm. Um, so that's definitely how I feel about it Uh, do you guys ever get that
1: yeah I think for me I overthink really badly everything I do or how loud I've been or whatever it is and so in the morning I wake up and like my heart knows that I haven't been worse than anyone else at the party or, or more obnoxious or more annoying or whatever but my head is telling me oh my god Lucy you were so embarrassing last night you made it all about you when when I know that I have not been any worse than uh-huh. anyone else that was at the party mine's different in the terms that I'm not drinking to get confident enough it's just that I wake up the next day and totally question my entire being mm. like how I am day to day like
0: yourself as a person
1: <laughs> and I think it's also you wake up
2: the next morning your brain's a bit fuzzy and you're like you don't have total control mm. over the situation it's that loss of control there's just kind of this black hole where you're like okay what happened yeah there? and even though probably nothing may have happened but it's it's, it's
1: just unknown what's it like for you love do you are you different from how me and Ruby experience it or I
0: definitely used to be really similar to Rubes in the way of using it as a crux against social anxiety I think especially in first year uni you know when you're meeting all of these new people and it's just really overwhelming and you're trying to make friends with everyone and I would just get too fucked up and there was a few weekends when I just, like, couldn't remember barely anything. And I think it really freaked me out. And I haven't been kind of doing that so much since then. But I just remember in the halls, Loose, when we'd get up and go to brunch <laughs> and you'd feel like everyone's eyes were on you. And just thinking about all of the shit that you did the night before, it was just oh awful. My g- that
2: that first year of uni, when you're experiencing anxiety Because you can't get away from anyone.
0: I know. You're fully in this environment with like 400 other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though everyone was getting really drunk as well as you, you just feel like all eyes are on you and that everyone's thinking about what you did the night before, even when in reality, they're just thinking about themselves. Yeah.
1: And guys, at the end, we'll be getting into some tips on like how we've dealt with it and how you guys can deal with it because we've got some practices in place that we adhere to that do help. Try to adhere to. Try to,
2: yeah. Yeah, but
0: I think anxiety definitely doesn't affect me nearly as much anymore. I've sort of learned how to drink much more responsibly. I've learned that I like to be tipsy much more than I like being drunk. I'm really not someone that likes to be out of control. And I also think I'm much closer to the person that I want to be now because I think anxiety would come a lot from that gap between the person that I was in day-to-day life and the person that I sort of wanted to be and could be when I was intoxicated and then waking up the next morning and feeling that, you know, cavern between those two versions of myself. And I think that's where a lot of the anxiety
2: came from. Yeah, it's, it's just you're trying to compensate. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you guys find yourself saying shit that you actually don't mean and you have no idea where it comes from? Like, mm-hmm. I always confess my love for people. I take it too far that it's further than just flirting or whatever. And like, it's not what I feel <laughs> in my day to day.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Well, what's that thing where it's like um, drunk, thoughts
1: and drunk words are sober thoughts
2: not all the not not every I mean there's elements of like oh is that subconscious Ruby kind of saying what she probably should say
1: when she's sober yeah
2: but not always sometimes you're like what Like, how did this happen? Where
1: did this side come from? Often, Ruby will have said something to me while we were completely sober. My subconscious grabs onto that. (laughs) And it's not what I want to do or how I want to act or what I want to (laughs) say. But, like, the idea is just in drunk Lucy's head. So, to be honest, guys, drunk words are not always sober thoughts. But it is actually quite important to kind of analyse the things that you've said or done and see if they are something deeper. Because we're not psychologists,
2: but... Just just hold that in the kind of the back of your mind. But maybe if it's a thing that's coming up time and time again, mm. then it is probably a good idea to have a bit of a deeper look into it. Definitely. But if it's just like a random kind of...
1: A random thought that you've yeah. never thought before, and then suddenly you're drunk and you're like, oh my God, this person here, the other one, probably
2: <laughs> not. And... Do we think that there's a correlation between New Zealand's binge drinking culture and anxiety? Do you think that comes into play at all?
0: You, I, I don't know. It's interesting because I used to think that, and then I went overseas and I was partying with English people and Irish people, and they drank just as much as us, if not more.
1: But then you'd think that New Zealand's binge drinking culture would almost make anxiety less of a thing because you'd think like oh everyone you know heavily drunk last night and they do it on the regular mm. and i actually think it's more to do with gender like i think girls are how yeah. to a way different account than we, boys mm,
2: in analyzing ourselves
1: yeah. the day after and it's not just it's not just a, a girls and boys thing it's all genders like it's different across the entire spectrum
0: literally if i did some of the shit that my male flatmates do like Honestly, I would not get away with it.
2: (laughs) I I think that's so true. Like, I think this is such a gendered issue. I mean, we do have guy mates who have told us they do suffer from anxiety. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obviously not just isolated to um, women necessarily. But, like, I think society's kind of tolerance for what men do versus what women do. I mean, if if a guy goes out and he gets with, you know, a few people in a night or if he gets with... A girl who has a boyfriend all the mates kind of hype it up have a laugh about it but if a girl does this then I feel like there's way more kind of judgment and that then like you know leads to that anxiety from this female that is like fuck like people are going to have a problem with what I did yeah so therefore I feel really embarrassed by it
0: well if you think about it how many times is a guy referred to as tragic when they're drunk? That's
2: such a good point and not really. Yeah, like literally never. People, You're, you're kind of like, oh yeah, he got too drunk last night, like crack up, you know.
0: Exactly. Like yeah. it's always a joke like, oh, like he was a menace or whatever, but you never describe them as tragic.
1: We're tragic or we're messy. Mm. Or-
0: There's just so many more negative connotations that come with girls and drinking.
1: Exactly, well and and, I mean vocabulary we know is so important You can bring it back to the slut thing Men aren't called sluts or to the extent that women are as well And and vocabulary plays a really important part in these biases that exist in society And that sounds so stupid always being like, yeah, society, this, society, that But it's like if we don't try and unpick it at a societal level Then we're never going to understand it and we're never going to change it But, like, bringing it back to anxiety, I I really do think that, obviously, this is a generalisation. Not all people experience things the same way. But I think that women and girls are, like you said, Ruby, held to a really different level of tolerance for how drunk they get and how people see them the next day or talk about them the next day or how we see ourselves the next day.
2: Yeah. Fuck
0: yeah. Well, I just think that the two words that most women would hate to be used to describe them is embarrassing or annoying. And I feel like that's how we're described when we're on the piss and that's where a huge lot of anxiety comes from
1: yeah the worst part is is when you're drunk you're not aware of it and so then in the morning you're like well was i because i don't remember was i embarrassing Mm. was i sloppy like and maybe also we we tend to
2: overthink more as well Um, and be
1: self-critical in terms of like how we think others are going to perceive us we don't want to have offended others or like i don't know degraded ourselves
0: yeah oh my god saying something rude
1: we're just highly self-critical and, yeah. and that is on a huge level after we've been drinking. Liv, I know that you're our science
2: girl, well... Way more of a science gal than Lucy and I are. Do you have kind of some scientific research? Yeah, some scientific research to help us in this chat?
0: Yeah, so when I started looking, there's actually a whole lot of information about the relationship between anxiety and alcohol. And what I'm going to discuss today is a pretty broad overview. But yeah, as I said, there's heaps of information. So if you did want to look it up, if it interested you, just go for it.
2: Well, I find it so interesting that there is actual research behind.
0: Yeah, well, it's like a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, so here's a little science lesson with Liv, and I think what I'm going to do is just start off and talk about what alcohol is and how it affects the brain, and then from there discuss why we get anxious and what role anxiety plays in all of this.
1: I'd love to know what alcohol is, Liv. What, like, what is alcohol? Yeah, Liz,
0: because you're not familiar at all with the concept. So alcohol is actually ethanol.
1: Oh, we're going to go real scientific. (laughs) I was like, wine, beer, spirits. Like, we're pretty across that. (laughs) So the basic gist of it
0: is that alcohol obviously affects your brain but it affects different parts of your brain in a different order so the first part of the brain to be altered is the cerebral cortex and it's more like in charge of your higher thinking so it plays a key role in attention perception your memory the way you think about things sort of like your conscious self It also is huge in your decision-making process, why you should do something and maybe the consequences of that. So alcohol, as you guys may have heard, is a depressant. So this doesn't mean that it necessarily like makes us depressed, but it means that it, Inhibits some of our brain's processes. And so, because your cerebral cortex is in charge of, you know, your higher thinking, when this is dampened or inhibited, your impulses tend to take over a lot more than they usually would in day to day life. So, this is why when we're drinking, you know, we feel like we have more confidence. We can say what we want to say a lot easier than we usually would when we're sober. We can, you know, maybe go up to the person that intimidates us or dance like crazy because basically this part of our brain that inhibits us from doing so is somewhat impaired so the other stuff that our cerebral cortex is in charge of is taking all of the information from our senses our sight our hearing what we're tasting and putting it together and processing that information so because again it's a depressant it kind of slows down that process. So we're definitely like not as aware of our surroundings or not as totally on the pulse with what's going on around us as we are when we're sober. We're definitely not as sharp.
1: Can that also be why I often read messages wrong? Like I think someone either really likes me or really doesn't like me and when in fact we're just having a normal conversation but I've taken it really wrong.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that... Is why a lot of miscommunication happens when we're out drinking and fights can start and, you know, people take things the wrong way is because like we just are not processing that sensory information as well as we would when we're sober. Damn. So the second part of our brain that once we drink a little bit more alcohol tends to be affected is the limbic system, which consists of the hippocampus and the septal area. So the hippocampus is in charge of your memory.
2: Oh, I think I'm constantly dampening that part (laughs) of my brain.
0: Yeah, so when our limbic system's affected, this is when we experience the blackouts, the holes in the night, the, oh my God, when did that happen? Where did I get that bruise from? Why do I have these messages on my phone? Like, what the fuck? This is all because the alcohol is affecting the hippocampus and therefore fucking with their memory. And the other huge role that the limbic system has is that it controls emotions. So this means that when alcohol affects this area, the person might be subject to really exaggerated states of emotion and express things that they don't actually feel in day-to-day life.
2: I feel like when I'm drinking, anything that I'm feeling is heightened. If I'm happy, I'm fucking ecstatic. But if something is kind of bothering me, I'm like...
0: here come the waterworks yeah Yeah. oh damn yeah i think we're all pretty subject to that on a night out when there's something going on and we're just feeling the feels but also why there's so many fights in clubs Mm -hmm. i mean people get aggressive people get
1: angry emotions are heightened we outside throwing hands
0: (laughs) just like you lose subject to throwing a few hands here and there
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every party I'm kicked out of the clubs because I'm throwing hands.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's basically the limbic system. And then the third area of the brain to be affected, if you know if we've had quite a few too many drinks, is the cerebellum. And this is in charge of coordinating movements of muscles and also balance. So this is why, you know... People are much more likely to fall over, look sloppy, you know, lost all coordination. This is all to do with the cerebellum. Then if we go even further, have, you know, maybe finish that bottle of wine or whatever, then we get into the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. So if any of you guys have looked into the science behind anxiety, I'm sure you'll come across thing called the HPA axis and this is the part of our brain that is in control of our stress response. So the HPA axis is your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland and your adrenals and between them, there's a process that creates cortisol, which is your stress hormone, and if you have too much cortisol and your body's not processing it properly, then you can become really anxious. And what's really interesting is that there have been quite a few studies to show that alcohol can really fuck with the HPA axis, and even if you are having too much alcohol over a long period of time and are somewhat abusing it, this can kind of have really long-term effects on your HPA axis so you just need to be really careful if you are someone that struggles with anxiety because if you are drinking too much for too long a periods of time then this could really have a bad effect so just bear that in mind but this is also interesting as it ties back into anxiety and why we feel anxious after we drink too much alcohol. And what is also really interesting about the hypothalamus is that it has a lot to do with our sexual drive and sexual performance. Is this where
2: whiskey dick comes
0: into play? Yes, Rubes, you Uh. are most certainly correct. So whiskey dick comes into play here because actually the more alcohol we have, the more our sexual behavior increases, but our sexual performance declines.
1: Yep. And and is this why everyone gets so fucking horny on a night out?
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is why we want to take people home but then get fucked off when we're not performing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A blessing and a curse. And that is referred to as bangxiety, everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh my god. So we saw that the term
2: bangxiety is a thing while we were researching. Yeah. <laughs> I've got such anxiety, I took someone home from the club and couldn't even I couldn't even
1: get it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Hypothetically, of course. <laughs> we don't date. <laughs> Oh, and
0: guys, also, you know how, like, when you break the seal, you just keep, like, peeing?
2: Yes!
0: It's because your kidneys can't re-uptake as much water, so therefore you get dehydrated. Mm. And then dehydration actually has a correlation with anxiety, so it all makes sense. Holy shit, Liv.
2: So the next morning when you're, like, super dehydrated, this can lead to you feeling more anxious. Yeah, 100%.
1: Wow. Damn. Crazy, right? I feel so validated
0: in my anxiety right now, Liv. Thank you. There's some real scientific shit to back up why we feel so shit after drinking. So the fifth and final part of the brain that I'm going to cover today that's affected when we drink way, way, way too much alcohol – is the brainstem and this is when shit actually gets pretty fucking dangerous so the brainstem controls all bodily functions that are involuntary such as your breathing your heartbeat everything like that so when we drink far too much alcohol this can start to shut down and this is why people become really sleepy and even start to coma and Even fucking like pass away because they've drunk too much alcohol. It's because of this. So just putting a wee reminder in here, guys, that it is so important to drink as responsibly as you can because fucked up shit can happen. And I know that the three of us haven't drunk responsibly every single time we've gone out either, but... No. no. I think it's just really important to educate ourselves on how it can affect us and what can happen. And I
1: think now is probably a good time for us to talk about... Some of the ways that you can drink responsibly for one and kind of try and look after your well-being a bit more and limit that anxiety because it's a shit feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a valid feeling and and we've definitely had, yeah, like I said earlier, things that we've put into place to kind of help us in that awful next morning when you feel like the whole world's looking at you and you've yeah. really fucked yourself over the night before.
2: Yeah, well, how can you beat the anxiety? Because you want to be able to... Go out and have fun without feeling that guilt the next morning.
1: Exactly, you deserve to. If you're going out to have fun, you should. It should not be at the expense of your mental health the next day. Mm-hmm. The
2: obvious one is to drink less. However, I would recommend also figuring out what kind of alcohol works best for you. Mm-hmm. I have kind of been going more for the RTDs recently. I mean, when we were younger. There were such awful options of RTDs. They would make you feel so sick. They were so sugary and full of shit. Now there's a really good range where they won't make you feel awful. And also it's just helpful in being able to monitor how much you're drinking rather than buying a big bottle of vodka, although that might help you save money in the long run. You just don't know how much you're drinking and you just end up way overdoing it.
1: And like you were saying before, you can get ones with far better ingredients now that are going to either help you with your like sugar intake or help you get less dehydrated because they use more water. Yeah, figuring out, I agree, what's what's right for you and what's not going to make you feel so shit. Yeah.
2: Also, I recommend chatting with your friends before the night, getting anything off your chest that is bothering you so you're going into the night just like ready to have fun.
0: Fuck yeah, that's actually such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we can put that into practice in day-to-day life. Like, honestly, a problem shared is a problem half. Like a pep pep talk. Pep talk. Liv, me and you did this all through uni. We had a few nights where we really didn't like how we felt after we drank or while we were drinking. And so we literally, we didn't stop ourselves from drinking, but we made a deal where we'd stop, quote-unquote, binge drinking. And so for about eight months until my 21st, me and Liv really monitored our alcohol intake and it made for such a better year of socializing
0: yeah and that's something I would 100% recommend I think that if you're having a few weekends where the anxiety is getting the better of you just take a step back even if it's only for a couple of weeks yeah yeah socialize sober just go out and force yourself it might feel awkward at the beginning but then you will thank yourself so much because you'll realize actually I am a cool person with good shit to say and I can talk to that person at the party without having to rely on On alcohol is my crutch. I just think it's Mm. really, really important. Fuck
2: yeah. Another thing which we love to do is debriefing with the gals in the morning after.
0: Oh, a necessity.
2: Yes, this can help relieve your anxiety so much because if if you did something embarrassing, just have a laugh about it with your friends Mm. and remember that everybody is thinking about themselves, not necessarily what you did. And if people are judging you for the shit that you did when you're drunk, obviously, if you're doing really awful shit, then like,
1: Don't do anything problematic, but if they're judging you for how you acted your own being... Yeah,
2: then like, they're probably not people you want to be around anyway. Exactly, it's just
1: just surrounding yourself with the right people.
2: Have a laugh, have a debrief with the gals, and it'll make you feel so much better.
1: There's also, I know that I am bad with my phone when I drink. And so all my friends know that at the start of a night out, I will always hide my phone and like the other weekend I text a few people off my phone saying where I'd hidden it so that the next morning I (laughs) knew where I'd hidden it just because I don't want to even have the option for me to go and text or take photos or videos like I'm not there to be documenting things I'm there to have a good night so I mean there's personal things that you can do as well if you know yourself quite well and what you are prone to doing Uh then just you know just take that step put in those parameters it's fine and it really does help
0: yeah and also another tip that I'm sure you're all well aware of but you know just if you're feeling really anxious just exercise like go for a run go for you know a gym session sweat it out yeah get outside get some fresh air sweat out those toxins sweat out the cortisol rushing around your blood and you'll feel so much better
1: absolutely I think one last one obviously if you know that you're feeling low or really anxious just don't drink, like don't drink while you're feeling low if you can avoid it or if you're at that point where you can make that decision, sometimes it's hard and obviously yeah it can be a crutch for so many of us when we're feeling shit but if you can and if you start to do that work and kind of unpack how you're feeling just really avoid, alcohol like Liv said is a depressant so if you're feeling low already it's it's not going to help you, we don't want anyone feeling shitter than they already do so yeah just really try and kind of figure out how you're feeling Do the pep talks or decide not to drink or put the practices in place.
0: Well, guys, thank you for that lovely first chat back. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, we loved having you. Yeah, we love having our science buff back because me and Ruby just run our mouths and we need you here to back us up. Yeah, (laughs) even
2: if it is a long-distance relationship.
0: Oh, I know. It's pretty fucking hard being long-distance, but thank God for Zoom, right? We
1: make it work. Um, As always, you guys can find us on Instagram at The Shit Show with a bunch of underscores underneath or at Shit You Should Care About and our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes on our website so you should care about.com and yeah we're always available in the dms or via email or wherever you want to talk to us so please do come and hang bloody good well thanks for that guys thanks guys bye, bye.